I am fully convinced of the veracity, the truth, the trustworthiness of the Word of God. I am convinced that Jesus is the prophesied Messiah. And I have built my life around these certainties, not around my fleeting doubts. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas, Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. No doubt about it. Doubt is one of the giants many people struggle with in the back corners of their mind. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us today. This time, we're continuing a new series that I've called Disarming Your Giants with a look at Disarming the Giant of Doubt. You know, in all honesty, there have been many times in my own Christian walk where a question about, say, something in the Bible has brought doubt to me. But I discovered that God never rebukes an honest doubter and will bring an answer to the questions plaguing you, sometimes in the most unexpected ways. Perhaps today something has triggered a doubt in your mind about God or the Bible or even Christianity itself. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share part two of the message, Disarming the Giant of Doubt. Best-selling atheistic books are being published. College students are reading them. A lot of professors in Christ are reading them. And they sow doubts about our faith, intellectual doubts. We hear all the time, how can the Bible be the Word of God? How do you know the Bible is the Word of God? How can you prove it? It's just like any other book written by men. That's what we hear. Or how do you know Jesus was the Son of God? He was just like other teachers, other world religious leaders. He just had a lot of charisma, said good things, but he wasn't. How do you know he's the son of God? Or come on, you don't really believe that a dead man got up from the dead. You don't really believe that resurrection stuff. Come on, that's not logical. No, but it's godical. I just thought of that. Maybe I coined a new word, godical. All right. Popular books by unbelieving, very charismatic and convincing atheists like Richard Dawkins and Sam Harris and Christopher Hitchens wrote all these great, not great in the sense of great, but bestsellers that millions read. And it knocked the props out from under the legs of their faith. Fictional novels like The Da Vinci Code, Dan Brown made a movie out of it, have also sown the seeds of doubt in the hearts of literally millions and millions of people. Convincing, not to mention the pervasive influence of evolution. I think that's the worst one because from the time a child is yay high, growing all the way up until they go off to college, they are taught that something came from nothing, that there is no God, that long, long, long ago there was a little amoeba that crawled out of some ancient sea and eventually grew legs and arms and eyes and 
became all these different species. And looking at it at face value, it is absolutely logically crazy. (laughs) And yet, we are told that it's science. But let me give you some news today. Evolution is not settled science. It has never been settled science. So they taught it to me like it was settled. I know they did. But it was wrong. It's not settled. You are not fearfully and wonderfully evolved. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, fashioned, designed by God. Evolution will make a monkey out of you. Now you say, Pastor Jeff, you ought not make fun because everybody knows. If you have a thinking brain, everybody knows that evolution is a fact. It is not a fact. It has never been proven to be a fact. Like global warming has never been proven to be a fact that we're told it's settled science. It's not settled. Look around you. Clearly, the creation was by design. An artist made it. His name is God. The birds. Kathy, I've been waking up every morning at the beautiful sound of this bird singing who knows that it's spring. This bird is letting everything know that it's spring, sitting in the top of our tree, just singing to his heart's content from the rising of the sun all day long, sitting in one place, just singing. And I look at that and I go, that just happened. Let me tell you something. Something doesn't come out of nothing. You know what comes out of nothing? Nothing. Now I could park right here, but I got to move on. You see, all the reasons that doubt is sown, intellectual doubt. Then there's spiritual doubts. Spiritual doubts are usually experienced by people who are born again, who are in the church, who are children of God, but they have spiritual doubts. And here's the way they manifest. Am I really a Christian? Have I really believed? If I am, why is it so hard for me to pray? Why do I have so many doubts if I am a Christian? If I've been forgiven, why do I still feel guilty? Why is it taking so long for me to experience healing? I've just got questions. That's the spiritual doubts. Now, there's a third kind, circumstantial doubts. And circumstantial doubts, I think, are the most destructive. And they're the most common. Circumstantial doubts is the most common category because it encompasses All the whys and wherefores of life. Why did my child die? Why did my marriage break up? Why am I so lonely and alone? If God's with me, why am I so alone? Why can't I find somebody? Why did my good Christian friend betray me? If God is really there. Where was God when I was abused by that person as a child? Where was God? Now watch this. These are the questions that arise at the intersection of faith and the painful reality of living in a fallen world. That's when these doubts arise. My faith says one thing, but living in this painful world tells me another, and I can't reconcile the two, so I've got doubts. Where's God? Where was God? Where is he? Where is he moving in my life? It's right here that a lot of people say it must not be real and they walk away and they bail ship and they don't understand that if you would just hang on, God's plan would be revealed to you. 
I can tell you these circumstantial doubts are the most common and potentially the most destructive, and here's why. Because when we refuse to deal with circumstantial doubts, where was God? I thought he was going to do this in this time period, in this way, and he didn't. And if we don't deal with that, they soon become spiritual doubts, and those spiritual doubts eventually become intellectual doubts. And I personally, in 30 years of pastoring, I've witnessed underlying circumstantial doubts eat away like termites at a person's faith to the place they eventually leave the church and leave the faith and become a Buddhist or whatever, which is just a wooden idol. It's a cistern that can't hold water. But this happens with doubt. I want to tell you, doubt can be insidious. It's down here. And you know something's wrong. You know something's bugging you. You know that something is hindering you. And if you were to sit down and listen to yourself and be honest with somebody, you would tell them, it's a doubt. I've got a question, and it hasn't been answered. I'm doubting the presence of God, the goodness of God, the nearness of God, the faithfulness of God, the reality of God. So it's not that you experience doubt, because everybody does, but what you do with the doubt matters big time. I want to share with you three simple keys to move from doubt to faith. Because that's what we want to happen, doubt to faith. Now, first, believe it or not, bring your doubts to God. Let me tell you what God never says. He never says, oops. And he never says, well, I'll be. You go, God, I have doubts. God doesn't sit up there and have a nervous breakdown in heaven. He doesn't turn to Gabriel and say, can you believe that they have doubt? The Bible says that, God knows what's on your mind before you say it. He knows what you need before you pray it. Think with me. This is what John the Baptist did. He took his doubts to God. He sent messengers to Jesus saying, are you the one or we look for another? I'll admit to you. I know I baptized you. I know that I pointed to you and said, there's the Lamb of God. But I'm having doubts. Are you the one? Was I right? Was I on the money or did I miss it? He sent his doubt to the Lord, and the Lord answered him. And when they took John's head off and he died in martyrdom, he went straight into the presence of the Lord because he died in faith in the right Messiah. The Lord did not upbraid him for doubting. The Lord answered his doubts. Amen. God's a big God. He can handle your doubts. He can handle it if you say, I'm really questioning if you're there. He can handle that. He will be okay after you say that. You know, many of the Bible heroes like Job, David, Abraham, Moses, they all took their doubts to God. Listen to David's doubt. He says, why do you stand far away from me, Lord? Why do you hide from me when times are troublesome? Here's what he's saying. Lord, I'm in trouble. I'm having all kinds of trials, and I'm questioning, I'm doubting your presence with me. And God answered him. When God reaffirmed to Abraham and Sarah that they were going to have a child one day, the Bible says, so Sarah laughed to herself. Now her laugh was not a hallelujah, kumbaya, I've got a baby on the way. Her laugh was, you have got to be kidding me, God. Have you realized I'm 90 and he's 100 and the thrill is gone? That woke some of you up for the first time. (laughs) 
You know what I like about the story? It says, God said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? And then she said, I didn't laugh. And God said, ah, but you did laugh. It was a laugh of doubt. She was saying, you've got to be joking. But here's what I noticed. She wasn't vaporized by an angry God for doubting the promise. So first, take your doubts to God. Second, build your life around what you know is true. Don't order your life around your doubts. Order your life around what you are sure of, certain of. Listen to what Paul said. He said, I am fully persuaded. That means I am utterly 110% convinced that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day, that God is going to get me to the other side. He's going to get me to glory. He is not going to fail me, not going to forsake me, not going to let me down, not going to walk out on me. I am fully convinced. And so he ordered his life around what he knew to be true. This is what Abraham did when he left his hometown, Ur of the Chaldees, and headed to a place where God said, I'll show you where you're going. When Abraham first started walking, he didn't even know where he was going. He just started walking in the direction God showed. God did not show him the final destination. He just said, start walking. Now, do you think that Abraham had some doubts? Because he was in a city of complete idolatry, They worshiped the sun and the moon. No one in Ur of the Chaldees knew God. And yet somehow, some way, God spoke to this man and said, leave. He told his family, God told me to start walking. You think he didn't have some doubts? But watch this. He built his entire life around what he knew to be true. The undeniable, irrefutable fact that God had spoken to him. So in spite of all the doubts, he walked by faith. And he built his life around what he knew was right. This is what Moses did. As he left the safety of the wilderness and boldly walked into Egypt to deliver God's people. Don't you know that he has some doubts? We know that he had doubts. As soon as God said, I've called you to go to Egypt and deliver the people. Moses said, what, what? Me, you don't understand. I stutter. God said, that's all right. I'll give you Aaron. Now get going. He'll talk for you. Get going. I don't receive excuses. Get going. I don't care how weak you are. Get going. I don't care what you can't do. You're not going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it. Get going. (laughs) He ordered his life around what he knew to be true. God had appeared to him in that burning bush. It was irrefutable, undeniable. So he built his life around what he knew to be true. That's what he did. This is what David did as he ran toward the giant Goliath. Do you think that David did not have a moment of doubt when he's running towards a nine-foot-tall monster who is fully girt in the best armor of that day? Do you think he did not know that he could be pulverized, that he had doubts, but he said, no, here's what I do know. I know the name of my God is great, and even though I've got a sling and a stone, it's not going to be done by me anyway. By God's name, this giant is coming down. And so he built his life around what he knew to be true. He built his life around where his faith was. This is good preaching. I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm saying this is the word of God. We need to hear this because some of you are hindered because of doubt. You're dragging because of doubt. You doubt yourself. You doubt God's calling. You doubt the veracity of the word. You doubt his presence. You're doubting his healing power. You're doubting. And God's going to set you free from doubt. This is what Job did. 
in the midst of terrible suffering, he took his stand on what he knew was true. And this touches me. This man was suffering in a way we can't imagine. He was surrounded by doubters. Even his own wife looked at him and said, curse God and die, you old fool. I added the old fool part. But that's what she was saying. Get off this faith stuff. Look at you. Where's God? But here's what Job said. Job said, for I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my flesh is destroyed, this I know that in my flesh I will see God. He said, I'm surrounded by doubt. I'm surrounded by negative circumstances, but I'm planting my feet of faith in the one place that I know to be true. I know that I serve the sovereign God of the universe, and he's a God of resurrection. And one day there's going to be a judgment, and I'm going to be brought before him, and I'm going to stand before my Redeemer and live. That's what he said. I've told you about the imaginary file that I have in my mind. I have an imaginary file in my mind, and it's marked things I don't understand. There's a lot of things I don't understand. I was telling the first service, I don't understand why God doesn't wrap it all up. I tell Kathy all the time, if I was God, I'd wrap this whole thing up today. I would. All the suffering, all the pain. I don't understand why God waits so long, except he's waiting for those who are yet to come to Christ. But aside from that, I would end it. I would wrap it up. I would call it a day. I'd send Jesus right now. I don't understand. But guess what? I have not built my life around what's in that file. That file is in a drawer, and the drawer is marked, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. I don't lean on my own understanding. You know what I do? I build my life around what I know to be true. I am fully persuaded that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and his blood and his blood alone came to wash away the sins of mankind. I am fully convinced of the veracity, the truth, the trustworthiness of the Word of God. I am convinced that Jesus is the prophesied Messiah. I am convinced of the reality of heaven and of hell and of approaching judgment. And I have built my life around these certainties, not around my fleeting doubts. Amen, amen. Now I want to close with this. So you take your doubts to God. You build your life around what you know to be true. And then you keep on walking. Can you say with me, keep on walking. Don't allow your doubts to stop you in the road of your spiritual journey. Don't let doubts put up a roadblock in your path, your journey, your walk with God. Don't stop moving forward by building a permanent house on Doubt Street. I know people that live on Doubt Street. They used to be in church every time the doors were open. They witnessed everything that moved. And then some doubt came in. And now they've moved to Doubt Street, which is a cul-de-sac, which means you go round and round and you never get anywhere. Listen, David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. God never intended for his children to build a house in a valley. A valley is always pictured in the word of God as something the children of God go through. They get to the other side. They come out on top. 
They are more than conquerors through him that loved them. He leads us from faith to faith and glory to glory. We don't stay in valleys. We could switch this passage to say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of doubt, I will fear no evil. When it comes to a doubt making me doubt God, I say, I doubt it. I doubt my doubt and I believe his word. Doesn't the Bible say weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The heroes of the Bible always kept on moving. Abraham kept on walking. In spite of all their doubts, Abraham kept on walking. Noah kept on building. Joshua kept on marching. David kept on fighting. Daniel kept on praying. Isaiah kept on prophesying. Paul kept on preaching. And Jesus kept on towards the cross. And nothing stopped him. So, Pastor Jeff, you're getting kind of worked up. I am worked up about this. Because I see a church with such incredible potential. Should they say, you know what? Doubts, forget it. I know what is true. I know that he changed me, saved me, rearranged me, renovated me, raised me from the dead. I know that he did. Therefore, I'm going to shake this world for God before I go home. So say with me, take your doubts to God. Build your life around what you know is true. And keep on walking. Well, I hope this has helped you in your own struggle with doubt. Let me encourage you to take your doubts to God. You know, I assure you that He will not rebuke you for having questions and has an amazing way of getting answers to your questions right to you. And let me take this moment to encourage you to take advantage of the many resources offered on our Life Talk website. You'll find a large archive of past messages free to download, as well as other helpful materials. Just go to lifetalkradio.us. That's lifetalkradio.us. We would love to have you visit. And be sure to join us next time when I'll be talking about disarming the giant of intimidation. Until then, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to Life Talk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere, anytime. Then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, Life Talk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to Life Talk radio programs on demand. Today's broadcast or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Life Talk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Life Talk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. 
and you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Life Talk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier. Disarming the Giant of Doubt is the seventh message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Disarming Your Giants. You can own a copy of this 10 CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to livetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Disarming Your Giants, for only $50 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wigwire. To find out more about Dr. Wigwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.